0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Battleground! You didn't know? You've entered the Battleground.
0: Oh yeah! Live from the Parts Unknown Studios, this is the Battleground Podcast. Battleground! The Battleground! Battleground! The Battleground! Your place for all things pro wrestling. and seen to WWE, AEW, ROH, NWA, and Impact Wrestling. That's the drive, so to Hot topics, as well as interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. The game. Battleground! The Battleground! Battle the Battleground! The Battleground Podcast starts now! Yes. Here are your hosts... Yes. Welcome to the battle round. Oh, it's true. Battle and Eli. Yes! Woo! First, let me start off the show by saying Happy New Year. Man, it feels so good to put 2020 in the rearview mirror. But I got to say, 2020 was a big year for the show. We had some amazing guests. Uh, I mean, definitely go back and check stuff out. We had Drew McIntyre. We had Braun Strowman. The FTR, Darby Allin, Ricky Starks, uh, we have PCO, Session Moth, Martina. So many great, amazing wrestlers have been on the show. The Good Brothers were on the show. Uh, So definitely go back and check those episodes out. Um, Also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a huge favor because it helps us out tremendously. Uh, Head on over and leave us a nice little review, give us five stars, because that kind of boosts us up in the ratings and gets more people to find us and then gets to uh, more ears and gets us the opportunity to have a lot more bigger guests in the year of 2021. With that being said, though, there are some things happening with the show. Nobody's leaving, nobody's going anywhere, but we're going to add something new to the show. And, you know, in the wrestling world, it always says, Card Subject to Change. And, well, that's what the new feature is going to be called on the Battleground Podcast. Now, every, every so often we have stuff that comes up, like uh, comedians will want to come on, and we talk to comedians, and we talk to musicians, and, you know, sometimes we can't—we weren't able to put out a show— so we give you a different show, which is why we're calling it Card Subject to Change. It could be a quick little 10-minute interview that we have with a guest in the radio studio. It could be a uh, a comedian, or it could just be a multitude of things along with wrestling, which is why we call it Card Subject to Change. So without further ado, today's first episode of 2021 We have a WWE legend on the show. The Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, joins us on the phone. And, well, we're going to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw Legends Night tonight. Some cool things about that. Also, we're going to talk about him writing theme songs for wrestlers. uh, His favorite moments in Memphis wrestling and wrestling at the fairgrounds. By the way, there is something very interesting when he starts talking about writing theme songs for wrestlers. A lot of people probably know this. That he wrote a certain theme song for a WCW faction. You may not have known that, but you'll find out how that all came together. You know, without further ado, I've done enough rambling. Let's get into the interview with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. You know, tonight you could find me sitting in the Thunderdome for WWE Monday Night Raw Legends Night. And it just so happens today on the show joining us is someone I would put on my Mount Rushmore of managers. WWE Hall of Famer. The Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy, how are you doing this morning, man? You know, everything's beautiful. We're down here in Florida getting ready to go
1: over to the Thunderdome, of course, uh, over Tropicana Field tonight. And uh, going to buy and grab Huck in about an hour and a half, and we're going to head over there. So it's going to be a great night.
0: Man, it's looking like it's going to be a good night. I mean, the who's who's, the legends are back. And uh, it's it's a good way to kick off Monday Night Raw for 2020 tonight at 8 7 Central on USA Network.
1: Well, you know we come back once a year. You know they try to get rid of us every year, but we kind of we're like a pimple on prom night. We keep you can't get rid of us. You know, <laughs> right? But uh, look who's. Some of the names tonight, Hulk Hogan, Rick Flair, the big show, Sergeant Slaughter, Teddy Long, Ron Simmons, the IRS, one of the guys I used to manage. You know, Tori Wilson's going to be there,
0: plus a lot of
1: big surprises.
0: Uh-oh. That that has me very intrigued to tune in tonight to the uh, Raw Legends Night on 8, 7 Central on USA Network. Now, you mentioned you're, you're about to go pick up Hulk Hogan, but I, I kind of want to go back to that very first time when you first found out you were going to be managing Hulk, what was your first thought about it? And maybe your first thought about him?
1: Well, here's what happened. You know, Hulk and I met many years ago. We started a Memphis wrestling with Jerry, the King Lawler down there. I was kind of managing all the bad guys back then and Hulk mm-hmm. came through and he was one of the people I'd managed. Uh, first time I'd met him, I think this is back in 1984, really 84. Before, uh, and so um, I was able to manage him. So we became friends back then. And so finally, a few years later, when I finally went to New York City, or no, that was 79, I'm sorry. But in 84, when I left to go to New York, the first thing when I walked in, I saw Huck there, and he goes, I hope you're coming to manage me. And I said, no, Huck, I'm sorry, I'm managing all the bad guys. And so, you know, what a great run. We've been friends for so many years, almost 40 years we've been friends. So when I had a chance to manage him, him and Brutus Barber Beefcake, and, and, um, at that particular time, and we fought one of my old teams, uh, which was Ted DiBiase and Irwin Scheister for the belts at uh, WrestleMania nine, we, uh, it was just, a, it was a great time being back with him again. And I had a great run with the heart foundation and the nasty boys and Rougeaux and Terry Funk and Dory Funk and earthquake and that, but look, I'm name dropping right now. Right.
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: so, uh, you know, all together, we counted everybody up. I think in New York, I had 23 different people that I had managed at one time or another. And so, um, uh, not counting the Memphis territory. So, uh, you know, I've had a great run. I've been blessed, man.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you've had an amazing run, and that kind of brings me into our next question. You know, with us being here in Nashville and Memphis being a short drive, both Nashville and Memphis legendary wrestling towns, what was your greatest memory of the Mid-South Coliseum? And then uh, I'll ask a second question of what was your favorite memory of the fairgrounds in Nashville, which, by the way, they tore the building down, so there is no more fairground wrestling buildings.
1: Well, you know what? The Nashville thing was all, Memphis wrestling is always so special to me. One of my favorite nights is there is when I got to fight one-on-one against Andy Kaufman in the old Nashville place, standing room only, you know. That was when, uh, you know, Jerry, and Jerry, Jerry Lawler were kind of running the territory back then. And so it was just a great night for me up there. But I every Wednesday night, We'd go right up to Nashville, Tennessee, and wrestle. And then uh, once in a while, we'd be on a Saturday night up there. So uh, it was just—it was a great thrill. Well, I should say every Saturday night we'd be up in Nashville, but then once a month on Wednesday night we'd have to—we'd have to go up there for it. But I love that area. It's a great territory. The fans were so—and they were the real deal, man. Mm. I mean, it was just great back then. And of course, in Memphis, uh, managing Jerry Lawler there and starting down in Memphis and doing the live TV on Channel Five there and then going to the Coliseum every Monday night for 52 weeks a year, for for six years I was there. Never missed a show. Even with a broken jaw, broken hand that Lawler gave me. So
0: it was a great run. Man, and uh, I mean, it it is kind of weird because I grew up at the fairgrounds here in Nashville wrestling every week. That was where I was, you know, every, anytime wrestling was at the fairgrounds, I was there and it's sad to see that they tore the building down um, because there's just so much history in that building.
1: Well, you know what? This is what's so strange. You know, to me, I still say the past is still a part of the future and everything. If you look back at some of the country music stars, some of the ones that have been around for almost twenty years are still the same ones that are selling most of the albums and CDs now. You know, yeah. and the same thing in football. Same thing in and look at look at Tom Brady down here in Florida, where we are. Look at Tom Brady, forty three years old, and look he just threw forty touchdowns this year. You know. 30, 40 touchdown passes, so everybody tries to put
0: us all out to pasture, but they keep on bringing us back. <laughs> and it and it goes to show when you know when when you guys come back, everybody tunes in because when I saw you know WWE throw up that promo, I was like, everybody's coming back. Like this is going to be a night that you have to watch on uh, the USA Network Raw Legends Night tonight, eight seven central, and uh, WWE Hall of Famer the Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart is on with us. You know. Being here in the Nashville area territory, what set Memphis Wrestling apart from the rest of the country? And did you know it was huge at the time or was it something you saw years afterwards?
1: Well, you know, before I got Memphis Wrestling, I was part of a little group called the Gentries. We had a 1000000 settle record back in the 60s called Keep On Dancing. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we did all that tour. And i always loved wrestling. Whenever we were on tour with Dick Clark, whatever city I'd go to, if I was in, uh, in the Georgia area, I'd always I'd watch the uh, Dusty Rhodes and those guys. You know, I'd get up early in the morning on Saturday before the show that night and watch the Georgia Championship Wrestling. And if we were in the Carolinas, it was always Rick Clare was always my favorite back then. If it was in Texas, it was the Funks or the Von Ericks, according to where you were. So I was always a wrestling fan. So when Jerry Law and I went to high school together, he went to wrestling, I went to music. Well, our paths crossed one day to help him with the wrestling album. The next thing you know, I managed the King in Memphis. But what made it so special? We got to do our own interviews, it was live TV every Saturday morning. You couldn't get on there and go, Oh, can I do that interview over again? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. We're live. And that's what made it so spontaneous. We got to do our own outfits to dress the way we wanted to dress and, and really be involved with this. And, and so uh, uh, it really made the people believe in what we were talking about and what we were doing, you know? And I think that's what really separated it from everybody and everywhere with all the other territories around the country
0: right man and i think that's the thing is like the cool thing about the wwe network is you can go back and watch some of those old memphis wrestling as we like to call it on the show um and see what it was because back you know watching that you you had to make sure that you were tuned in and if you didn't you'd have to wait you know a month or so for the magazines to pick up so you could see what happened in memphis
1: well you're absolutely right and and in our territory jimmy Cornette, who used to be the guy who did all our pictures before he became one of the great managers, I feel like in my life, you know, knowing him, uh, he he used to get all these pictures that we did back in the out to New York and out to uh, Los Angeles for some of the major magazines, and that really kept us going too, so other people knew about what we were doing in Memphis because our TVs really didn't go into those other areas, and vice versa. So we owe a lot to him for for really being part of that to really help us keep that exposure going. And so, like I said before, it's just been a great run for us, and like the network really keeps everything alive, you know. And that's why we still go out and do autographs and everything else too. The people still know who we are, whether we're going through the airports or anywhere like that, because of the wrestling magazines and because of this dead gum network that Vince mm-hmm. put together, which is phenomenal. Like I said, I was just flipping the channels the other day on it, and got to see some of the stuff we did at Legends House with the great Pat Patterson back in the day, and Mean Gene Oakland and Howard Finkel and those guys.
0: Happy New Years from our sponsor, Man. Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and is here to help you have clean balls in the new year. Ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. So I was watching TV the other day and was stumbling across Shark Tank, which is one of my favorite shows. Fun fact, Manscaped was on Shark Tank. They did walk away with a deal. You can check that out wherever you watch TV. Just check it out. Shark Tank, Manscaped. It's all there. But let's talk about heading into 2021. It's a new year, and a lot of people have the new year, new me kind of thing. And, well, spoiler alert, hairy nuts are still gross. So you got to have that new grooming routine. And, well, you could step into the new year with the tree standing taller and shave your boys. That's right. Manscaped is here to give you a new year's resolution that you'll actually want to keep. The perfect package 3.0 is the below the waist grooming package you need to start off strong this year. So why don't you come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third generation trimmer even has a light to shine a light to the promised land, 2021 looks to be. Because we all know that 2021 is going to be a whole lot better year than 2020. Also, I got to tell you, it's time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? We, we know it stinks down there. You've done that. What's that? And then you know what it is. And for on-the-go freshness, you'll definitely love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. So start the new year with a fresh set of testes thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. By the way, speaking of comfort, one of my favorite things, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs. They're also included and will bring your underwear game to the next level. So, you know, like our friend JT says, time to bring sexy back. We're going to do it in 2021. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code battleground at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off and free shipping, all you got to do is when you hit up manscaped.com at checkout, use the code BATTLEGROUND. Trust us, your balls are going to thank you for this. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLEGROUND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code BATTLEGROUND at checkout to get this awesome deal. New year, new balls. You know, and you, you mentioned Legends House, and when I first saw that on the network, I was tuned in. When it first came out, I was like, This is awesome. Like it's all the people you grew up watching and they're all living in a house together. And I thought it was such a great concept. So how did that, that kind of come about? And was there any discussion to do a second season? Because after that first season, I was like, I need more of this. Like maybe introduce more legends into the house or something.
1: Well, you know what it is when you see all these shows now, everything's so scripted. It's unreal. But for legends house, they didn't want it to be scripted. Look, y'all are going to be there for 13 weeks. Get along. Don't get along don't anybody kill each other for god's sakes but the main thing is this have a great time it's you guys that used to travel up the roads together because never really got to spend a lot of time together and that's what it was we had like 12 14 cameras on us every day we all had our our, our partners that we had our rooms me and believe jim mm-hmm. were together you know so he was mine and 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 i think piper and and uh hacksaw jim duck and they were roommates so everybody had your roommates we had to cook our own food we had to cook our own breakfast they only let us out if we went and did some kind of a contest or something they would put us in a big van or two big vans and we'd go out and then we'd have our contest with different teams so it's such a great concept because it wasn't scripted right you know, now when you watch a lot of those shows you see you, you can tell the punchlines are coming up before they even start you know mm-hmm. so i think that's what really made it successful and um Uh, maybe it's good. We didn't do a second run of it because sometimes the second episode seasons aren't as good as the first seasons.
0: Right. And and, you know, there was a lot of great moments that came out of that. And I know with recently with Pat Patterson's passing, I remember the, the the groundbreaking moment when he, you know, told everybody about, um, him coming out and having to kind of, you know, live in the shadows and he opened it up right there on legends house. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and Pat goes, you know, Jimmy, He goes, I'm going to tell everybody this, but heck, half the world knows it anyhow. Right. You
1: know, we all laughed about it, but Pat was great. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day, it'd be hard to do another Legends House unless we did something about memories about Legends House because out of eight people, there's only four of us left. Mm-hmm. You know, Pat Patterson passed away this past month. You know, I mean, Gene's gone, Howard Finkel's gone, and, and Roddy Roddy Piper a couple of years ago. So it's, it's so um, – you know, I'm so glad we had a chance to do it and become closer than we ever were for 13 weeks on that show, you know?
0: Yeah. And definitely, if if you have not seen Legends House, you would need to go back and watch it. It's on the WWE Network. It is a is, is a good watch, especially just like hearing the stories of you guys and just putting all y'all in a house. It's like, you know, like you said, unscripted. It's It's great. It's wrestling real world. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, good point. I'll use it next time I talk to somebody. I love that. Very good. Thank you. Of course, wrestling real world. You're that's, right.
0: That's what it is. So let's kind of go back. You talked about music and you being in a band and all this other stuff. What was your favorite theme song you've ever written for a wrestler?
1: Well, the one that's got the mo- most uh, most air plays uh, on on, uh, on the Spotify thing is is. Um, The one by Shawn Michaels, you know, Sexy Boy, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's number one. But uh, but some of the favorite ones, I love the Rougeau Brothers because we got to write our stuff and make it kind of silly and funny, you know, because we didn't want people to really love the Rougeau Brothers. But one of the verses was, we don't like heavy metal. We don't like rock and roll. All we like to listen to is Barry Manilow, which made them kind of nerdy, you know, instead of going Led Zeppelin, you know, or somebody or Van Halen, so we said Barry Manilow. So everybody went, oh man, what nerd is he? Not that Barry Manilow's a nerd, I love his music, but uh, so that was great. I love doing the um, Hulk's American Knee. Uh, one of my favorite ones is the American Dream by Dusty Rhodes. Me and my partner, Jim McGuire, got to write that for Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty was so great. Dusty goes, you know, Jimmy, you gonna do me a song? I said, yeah, Dusty. He goes, well, I want some um, black chick singers in it. You got it, Dusty. I want some horn players. I said, you got it, Dusty. He said, can you give me a cowbell on the front of it before we start off? I said, Dusty, you got it. I said, Dusty, why don't you just write the song? You always told me what you wanted in it, and he laughed. But uh, but he loved the song the Wolfpack Manashion Hall. We loved that one. The Road Warriors, you know, the Heart Foundation. You know, the list just goes on and on. But uh, you know, we had fun doing all of them, and I'm just glad I was able to present them to the guys. And they had a if they liked them, we used them. If they didn't, we didn't. And so, uh, thank God they liked everything that we did. So I was very happy with that.
0: Man, and you kind of mentioned something, and some people might not know this, but you just said that you wrote the the Wolfpack, the NWO Wolfpack song, right? How did that How did yeah. that happen? Well, you know,
1: uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were kind of cool, you know, and then Hulk was in with them too. So, you know, Hulk's always been my main man. So I wanted to make sure I'd really do something great for him. And so we just came up with a song called the Wolfpack and that's what we call the second tier of of the NWO. You know, that's when they wore the red and black instead of the the black and white. And so that's kind of when Nash and Hall kind of split off on their own and did it. And so, uh, I took it to Kevin Nash and Scott, and they loved it, and so we went with it. I got a good rapper guy to help rap it for me, and and we cut it right here in Tampa, Florida over at Mars Sound Studio, and so it turned out to be really, really good for us. And you know what's so funny? Jason Giambi, when he played for the Yankees, used that for his... his, his little theme song, when he went up to the batting plate, he sure did. And several other people used it too, but they used it. So I was kind of thrilled to have that done.
0: Man, and that that's kind of a cool thing because, I mean, you, you sit back and you think about theme song, and that's probably one of the top 10 memorable theme songs of that, that era of the Wolfpack. Because I, I, for me, I always gravitated more to the Wolfpack theme song than the actual NWO theme song.
1: Oh, well, thank you for saying that because <laughs> I didn't write the NWO. So you're my man, but, but you know, what's so great about Nashville too, Nashville, uh, I kind of had a second coming, you know, when well, we were on MGM records originally and toured with Dick Clark and everybody, but like everybody else, when you're not on the label anymore, cause you don't sell a lot of records. Mm-hmm. We got on Shelby Singleton's record out of Nashville, Tennessee. He went and a friend of mine named Knox Phillips, uh, Sam Phillips' son produced us. We signed with Sun Records. And, and uh, Shelby Singleton out of there re- released a lot of the old Charlie Lewis stuff and Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash stuff. And so they kind of signed us up as the gentries. And we had a, a song called Why Should I Cry that was a top 50. And, uh, and then we released the old Neil Young song of Cinnamon Girl. And we had a top 40 record off that. And we cut that right there at, at Sun Records in Memphis. But uh, Shelby Singleton had a big label out of Nashville at the time and Ray released it. So all of a sudden the gentries, we were back on the charts again, baby. There and uh, one of our main, one of our main tours was with Jerry Lee Lewis and Steppenwolf, and Wolf and, and the shadows at night. Some of those groups from the sixties, uh, we could, we right there in Nashville when we kicked our, our project off again. So I've always loved Nashville.
0: Man, And it we'll once this pandemic stuff is over, we'll definitely have to get you back in Nashville. But tonight, you can see Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and so many other legends. Raw Legends Night rings in 2021 tonight at 87 Central on USA Network. Jimmy, it is literally an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being a part of it this morning with us.
1: Listen, we love you, and don't forget the big main event.
0: WWE Champion Drew McIntyre takes on 300-plus pounds Keith Lee tonight. Too. Listen, we love you guys. I hope everybody turns in, and I'm bringing the megaphone. Yes, that's what I like to hear. Jimmy, you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you. We hope you
1: enjoyed today's episode of the Battleground Podcast. Make sure you give it five stars and a nice review. To stay up to date with the show, follow them at Battleground Podcast on Instagram. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are
1: gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)